0: Uh, James chapter 2 then, uh, beginning with verse 1, I hear the word of God. My brothers, show no partiality as you hold the faith in our Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. For if a man wearing a gold ring and fine clothing comes into your assembly, and a poor man in shabby clothing also comes in. And if you pay attention to the one who wears the fine clothing and say, you sit here in a good place, while you say to the poor man, you stand over there, or sit down at my feet, have you not made distinctions among yourselves and become judges with evil faults? Listen, my beloved brothers, has not God chosen those who are poor in the world to be rich in faith and heirs You are committing sin and are convicted by the law as transgressors. For whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become accountable for all of it. For he who said, do not commit adultery, also said, do not murder. If you do not commit adultery but you do murder, you have become a transgressor of the law. So speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. For judgment is without mercy to the one who has shown no mercy. Mercy triumphs over judgment. What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food and one of you says to them go in peace be warm and filled without giving them the things needed for the body what good is that so also faith by itself if it does not have works is dead but someone will say you have faith and i have works Was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way? For as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. Grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord endures forever. The friends that you have around you uh, make some of the biggest impact on your life. The people that you uh, surround yourself with, people that you put yourself uh, in front of and around and spend time with, that you call up or text or uh, friend on Facebook and share uh, things with them. Um, The relationships that you build, uh, the ones that you decide to put more in and develop. Uh, some of the ones that last and some that uh, don't have a, have a huge impact on your life, on, on what it's like. Because we're, we're all social beings, right? Whether you're an introvert or an extrovert, it doesn't matter. Like the people around you matter. Uh, sometimes the introvert needs a little bit more space because being around people has an effect and it matters. Sometimes the extrovert needs to be around people because there's a gravity toward being there. Uh, the, the relationships around us are important to us. And they have a big uh, impact uh, on us. Uh, A week or so into uh, one of my classes in seminary, uh, my very first year, uh, the professor assigned us a group project. I know about group projects. You get those in some of your classes, right? Uh, He assigned us a group project, but he didn't assign the groups for the group project. In fact, he just said, he just started describing the, the project, and he said, listen, so after class, we'll stop five minutes early or whatever, and I want you all to just, just group yourselves into groups of four or five people, um, and that'll be a group, and you'll, you know, we'll schedule out how you'll, how you'll give the reports later. All right, so what do you think my mind did from that point through the rest of the class? All right? um, you're, you're, we're, we're sizing each other up from that point on, right? Um, and I can remember, like, in my brain, I can remember immediately one of my thoughts was I would love to have the guy in my group who's three seats over and and, uh, and two rows up. I didn't know him yet. I didn't know his name. Um, we hadn't seen each other and met earlier. He had been in the class. And immediately I was like, I would like for that guy to, to be in my group. And I knew that was, like, a little weird. So I was like, wait, can I just – Go over there and say, hey, do you want to be in my group or let's – because there was other people sitting in between us. <laughs> right? I don't remember thinking, looking around the room and going like, who do I not want to be in my group? Like, oh, I don't want that person. and don't, but, I, but I definitely was realizing that I'm still like passing over other people that are sitting around me who might be natural people to be in my group to say – I don't know if I should try to do this, but it would be great if I was in the group with that person. Like that thought was in my head about as quickly as the professor said, I want you to find groups for yourself. And so it was like panic, look around, and it was like, okay, here's <laughs> like, what it was true for all of us, right? None of us really knew each other. There wasn't already have, we didn't already have relationships. We didn't know, like, okay, this person's really smart, that person's really diligent, this person's hard to get along with, and that person's difficult to get along with. It was just looking around. Um, I remember this dude had, um, he was wearing Clarks. Uh, I used to wear Clarks. Clarks used to be in style. Maybe they're still in style. I still wear Um, mine some. He had a cool, um, cool, like saddle, you know, like saddle bag, book bag thing that he brought to class. It's like, yeah, this guy, this guy. We should be, we should be in a group together. "Why, Why do we do that? What's going on there? As soon as like we're in a group and there's going to be, who are we relating to? Th- th- these things just go in our brain and saying who, that there's some people that we would like to relate to. There's other people maybe that we wouldn't want to relate to as, as much. Listen, you're making friendships all the time, uh, and, and especially in college. Um, so like words that are wise, making, uh, making friends gets uh, exponentially more difficult uh, after college. You're just around your peer groups now. But, but in college, you can make friends all the time. Freshman year, it can be like the first day uh, that you're in the dorm and you've got a great friend and a buddy to go do lots of stuff with. Um, and you meet people and sometimes it's the, it's not the person on your hall, but the person that you knew kind of from some camp was friends with someone else. And then all of you become good friends with that person. Um, some of those relationships develop a little bit later on, went to a cookout together, knew this person, we're in class together, started studying, whatever. Um, some of them develop more slowly. But you're, but you're making friendships uh, all, all the time. They have an impact. And from this passage, once you consider, this is what this passage is challenging you to consider, as James is, like, provoking you and getting you ready to punch him in the face again. Uh, the passage is getting you to consider What do your friendships say about you? People that you're around, people that you surround yourself with, put yourself in front of. What do your friendships say about you? And even more than that, what do your friendships say about the gospel at work in you? Because the gospel impacts our relationships, it impacts our friendships. And how we engage uh, the people around us. So we're we'll going to look at two different sides of that uh, as the passage goes. They kind of overlap, but, but we'll kind of take the first section in the second. So the first is not contradicting a freedom with discrimination. That the gospel gives us a freedom to, to make friends, to be friends with whoever uh, we're around. It actually frees and enables us to move uh, toward people. Sometimes you just think, okay, maybe your perspective has been, all right, if you're a Christian, you need to always be around Christians and really should only be around other good people who are doing this, who are a good influence. There's some wisdom in who you're around. That's, that's great. Uh, but the gospel also frees you and enables you to be around all different types of people and, and value them. So James starts off, show no partiality. Show no discrimination and prejudice as you hold to the faith of the Lord Jesus Christ, the Lord of glory. That because of the gospel, because of faith in Jesus, what he's done and who he is as, for a believer as your Savior and as your Lord, it impacts how you relate to other people. And one of the things that means is you shouldn't discriminate. Um, you shouldn't be prejudiced. Um, the gospel has a, has a huge impact on how you should relate to people but because you're freed from a legalism that wants to define relationships by a certain standard. And all the people that meet that standard along with us, or at least trying really hard, those are the people that we should be around. Whether that's religious standards or other standards, uh, half the time that's how we relate to people. But the gospel frees us from that kind of legalism, be it a religious or just a cultural legalism. And the gospel uh, also uh, frees us from just sinful selfishness because a lot of the times we are friends with people for what they do for us or what we think we can gain from that relationship uh, because we like being with the person. That's great. And are we just aiming at what what feeds me or this person helps my social status or this person is funny so I like being around them because they make me laugh. A lot of times that's... How, but, but the gospel has freed us from just living for ourselves um, and, and pouring into our own selfish, um, uh, selfish benefits. The gospel enables us to see all people as valuable because they're made in God's image. Uh, they're part of his creation, are reflecting his glory, and so we can love and serve whoever's around us because they matter to God and they matter to us. And if God has given uh, himself to us and served us in giving his son... Who would we hold back from who's made in God's image that we're not also enabled by the spirit to love, to serve, uh, to give ourselves for? Able to love whoever's around us, loving our neighbors. The passage goes on. Um, and, and particularly, the focus is, is on, uh, on other believers, especially uh, other believers uh, we see as families. As brothers and sisters who are brought together uh, into God's love, that, that we share Jesus together. Right? It's kind of fun when like, you find someone that you share common interests. You like the same kind of, you want to go see some of the same movies, you like some of the, uh, some of the same bands, you go to a concert together. That's great. Uh, if you share Jesus together, that ought to be far more deeply defining for every believer. And even if you go to uh, different churches or have different uh, theological beliefs or some of these things, if we share Jesus together, that ought to be a deep bond, all right, that we're free to to embrace whatever the other uh, differences might be. So partiality or showing favoritism, you, you can start to see, right, how it just doesn't fit with the faith that we hold in the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't fit with the gospel inconsistent with the gospel. It's a, it's a denial of it. You with me? You're with me, right? Because right. it's pretty easy to say um, that's bad. Right? Discrimination is bad. Uh, treating people just according to stereotypes and not who they are, that, that's bad. Prejudice, um, that's bad. It's easy to say those things are, are, are bad, that they're wrong. Right. At the end of James chapter 1 and what James is already doing is saying Okay, assenting or agreeing to what you hear, yeah, that's easy and doesn't mean very much. Uh, agreeing that stereotyping and prejudice and discrimination is, is wrong that doesn't mean very much if you're not also living that out, if you're not also living out that agreement in your relationships and what you do, um, and so what James does is give us a nice, um, nice example it's easy, to, uh, it's easy to agree, um, but it's not so easy to do. So here's the example James brings, right? It's like the God's people are gathered together. Maybe they're at RUF um, church, whatever. There's a gathering of, uh, of believers that are there, and someone comes in. Probably has a lot of money. How do you know? You've only just met them, but they're, they've got gold rings on. They're looking good. Their clothes are, are nice. Someone else comes in just not so much looking like they belong. Um, clothes aren't so great, don't look very well kept together. And, and if to the one, you're very welcoming and receiving them and kind and friendly, if you're in any way more kind or friendly to, to the one person than to the other, that's favoritism, that's partiality. All right? And, and he's saying it's a denial of the gospel. Have you not become uh, judges with, with evil thoughts? Do you get, like, how, how subtle it is, but how, how quickly that's where we are? Uh, my professor says we have a group project, and the first thing that's in my mind is, um, hey, we should probably be in a group. That would be, that'd be better. I bet we would uh, relate well. Um, or someone walks in, and you like their, their, your, their shirt their shoes their dress, and you're like, hey, hey, those are cool shoes. And you chat, and you're like, hey, you want to come sit next to me? When someone else walked in and you just didn't know what to say to them, so you just didn't say very much to them. Like, that's pretty normal, right? Are are you with me here? Like, this is just the way we live, like, all the time. And James is saying, hey, when you do that, you're not doing what you believe in the gospel. The faith that you hold to isn't at work. You're actually contradicting that with favoritism that denies the, the gospel distinctiveness that defines who you are. And I start to act like my friend wearing Clarks and having a cool (laughs) saddlebag. It's just, like, more connected than anyone else in the room who also loves Jesus and and shares uh, Christ with me, right? Like, it's stupid, and that's us all the time. And James is trying to get under your skin. So the next time you're like, hey, I like your shirt. (laughs) It's great, right? Like, "I, I, I I like this things about you. Oh, your hair looks nice. Okay, great, and look around and go, like, who am I ignoring? And I don't even relate to them even though they're in God's image or, or they've been called together in Christ with me. Um, because, because this is what we do. Right? So instead of pretending that there's not discrimination, it's not what James is calling us to do. Instead of pretending that there's not discrimination in our relationships, we're pushed to let the gospel seat more deeply. Into how we treat one another, and uh, to how we relate to the people that we ignore, and uh, to how we relate to the people that we don't enjoy as much, and how we treat uh, the people that we uh, do quickly uh, connect with. Instead of pretending that there's not discrimination, uh, we're challenged to let the gospel, uh, define us more, define our friendships in the way we would relate to people. Um, it's so subtle. But it's but it's all the way through most all the ways that we uh, relate one another, Um, right? Rich and poor is what James talks about here, and the example that he gives, and um, I would say that still defines the mass way that we relate uh, to people. Uh, Generally, has a lot to do with economic uh, distinctions. Um, But just just go ahead, you you can add in any other things with that, but Galatians 3, um, one of the verses in small print there, adds race, it adds position, it adds gender. uh, Now sometimes you've got friends that are the same, that are different races from you, and, and sometimes like we're proud of that, and then you realize like, and we're all in the same economic group, and that's why we're friends, right? Um, and then sometimes you realize, like, oh, you don't relate to people from, the, from a different race the same way. Or you don't, you don't uh, uh, push to, to make those connections there. Uh, uh, Paul's already saying Gr- Greek or Jew, doesn't matter. Slave or free, doesn't matter. Male or female. Right, like, do you notice more when it's a girl who walks in a, in a room than when it's a guy who walks in the room? Or, or vice Versa, right? Yeah, yes, you do. But it doesn't matter how you how you treat them. Will you um, like these these same things? Um, we could add to race and gender and position, uh, size. Right? We'll talk about fat shaming and skinny shaming, and pretty quickly, just a general attractiveness. That the word, the partiality word in the Greek, it's a, it's a um, uh, recognizing the face. Right. So the two quick aspects of that is one, someone that I know I treat better than someone that I don't know, even if we share Christ together and someone whose face is more pleasant to look at. Just just happen to be friendlier to them. Right. Uh, really? And these are the external things that would matter to us. that's not consistent with the gospel. Um, whether we share the same style, uh, have the same humor or, or wits or just being fun or creative, whatever. Um, put it this way. see different things that work in my relationships, but I'm afraid if you, you look very far in my relationships and my friendships that, that one of the things you'll see is that, that you can see far more of how I love David's story by who I'm friends with than how much I love Jesus, right? This is what he's exposing for us. Um, I said before, a lot of the reasons, of the people that I'm friends with tend to, there tend to be two real factors, right? Uh, it's people who are like me or people who like me. Right? If you're pretty similar to me, then I go, hey, you're, you're probably pretty great. We should, we should be friends. Um, and if you think I'm great, well, yeah, I'm all in for that friendship too. That, that's going to be good, right? Right? Um, uh, the gospel pushes us well, well beyond that. Um, what are your friends like? Who do you spend time with? Why do you relate more to the people that you relate to more? Who are the people that you ignore? Who are the people that it's easier for you to ignore, that you that prefer uh, to ignore? Um, uh, the passage is bringing out how much that's that's contrary to the gospel as soon as we've made that distinction verse four uh, you've made distinctions among yourselves you've become judges with evil evil thoughts that's contradicting what god's done uh, james brings it out for rich and poor is kind of the way we invest in the in the world and the things that seem impressive now being defined by that way of the kingdom rather than god's promises and he's saying god's taken the poor part of how God works is to is to uh, turn upside down um our, our view of what matters, right? Our view of what's what's exalted and what's humble. Uh, so God particularly chooses those who are poor and lowly in the world and promises them uh, riches and greatness in his kingdom. Um, and, and we would dishonor the person that God honors? Right? He's just drawing out the contradiction for us. Um, and the people that we admire. We really want them to like us because they're important or they have money or they have status or they're really attractive or they're really funny and we want their opinion. He's like, a lot of times in the way the world works, aren't these the people that are that are scorning and pushing you down? But you're just hoping that you can be on that higher plane, too, because we look at it there uh, rather than how God makes us all in his image and Christ has called us uh, in humility Uh, into into his love it's a different different way of uh of looking at it um it says for you were called uh, in galatians paul said for you were called to freedom brothers only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh but through love serve one another for the whole law is fulfilled in one word you shall love your neighbor as yourself and here in James, he's saying, if you really fulfill the royal law, you shall love your neighbors yourself. You're doing well. But it's not just some neighbors. It's not just some of the people that you're in class with. Um, whoever we're around, we're called to show love to them. Um, because because of how uh, God uh, has loved uh, us. And, all right. All right. I have to say a little bit, because it gets sound a little bit weird, this uh, judged under the law of liberty. Right? As, he, as he goes on through that, he's saying if we've, if we've broken the law in parts, uh, then then we're breaking the whole thing. We're transgressors of the law. Verse 12 says, speak and act as those who are to be judged under the law of liberty. Galatians speaks some of the same way. One of the little passages I've printed out for you there in super tiny lad- letters. Uh, Bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. He's getting rid of, rid of legalism. Uh, but this freedom should still be characterizing how we live. Uh, don't then use your freedom as an opportunity for vice, but through love, serve one another, right? Uh, here to be judged under the law of liberty, which is to say um, that really freed by the gospel, will we'll live out of that freedom. Is it that freedom that motivates who you relate to and who you talk to uh, and who you honor and invest yourself in? Um, uh, if, if we've been liberated, if we've been freed by God's mercy to us in Christ, that should cause us to be merciful toward one another. Right? You kind of, so much of, of James uh, echoes, uh, echoes Jesus' teaching. Uh, and, and here I can't help but think of the, a story that Jesus tells of the unforgiving servant, Right, the man who had a huge debt, um, and he was forgiven that debt. And so what did he do? He went out to all the people that owed him money, even though he still didn't owe the debt anymore, and said they had to pay up until the guy who had heard about this, who had forgiven his debt, hears about it and says, no, throw, throws him in, throws him into a debtor's prison or whatever, right? Um, and, and Jesus is saying, this is how, if we've received mercy from God, but that doesn't define how we relate to others, we've actually missed out on that mercy, it hasn't, um, We're not really holding to that faith uh, in the Lord Jesus Christ. Um, uh, That we can love people whether they meet our standards. We can love them uh, whether they immediately add anything to our status or not. What are your friends like? What does that say about you? What does that say about how the gospel is at work in you? Because you're freed to friend uh, the people that you're around. Gospel moves you in that way. Right. Well, on the one side, not contradicting that freedom, uh, favoritism, discrimination, prejudice, or whatever. On the other side, as the passage goes on, he gets into the principles that kind of undergird that. Uh, so, then secondly, uh, communicating uh, that freedom in relationship with actions. Look out at, at the end of verse eighteen. He uh, says, "I will show my faith. I'll uh, show you my faith." By works, right? By what I do. Uh, James isn't trying to just get you down on yourself. See the ways and where you're really just selfish in your friendships and you're legalistic in your friendships and whatever. He's trying to let you see some of that for conviction. I mean, not just for you to get down on yourself, but to motivate us to fuller gospel living. Uh, to the fuller gospel living around the glory of Jesus. Uh, for the witness of Christ in the world when the community of believers looks like a whole bunch of different people who love one another really well because of how God's loved us, for our benefit, for others' benefit. Uh, so, So what we communicate needs to be expressed in words, but also in deeds, in actions. I go back to verse 12. So speak and act, as those who are judged under the law of liberty, who have received mercy and grace and freedom, and then reflect that freedom. Um, it, it means that um, but if we have this faith in the gospel holding to Christ, what, what does that mean? To, to put it lightly, but to kind of connect on the way that we tend to relate to other people, someone way cooler than us, uh, someone way, way cooler than us thought that we were important and thought that we were important enough uh, to publicly make it known to the universe at great cost to himself how valuable we are to him. So Christ came and he died. God came in the flesh uh, to take on our sin and our shame and die in order that he can love us and draw us back into his love. Someone way outside of us, way beyond us, cared for us, thought we were important, and brought us into that relationship of love that we get to share with him. So is there anyone that we would, like, avoid and stay back from because they're too much beneath us? When someone so far beyond us has come uh, to us? No, instead, we get to live that out uh, in action. Uh, we get to live that out in our uh, relationships uh, with one another. Uh, we get to be uh, friends with people who are in different economic status and different uh, races and different uh, styles and different levels of attractiveness and value those people and benefit them and be benefited by them because the gospel works a new creation kingdom now in the church. Um, like our culture, and, and Florida State loves to talk about diversity. Our culture values diversity, and diversity is good. And a lot of the reason that our culture historically like values diversity and why that's come out is really rooted in gospel principles. Um, a lot of other worldviews, that's not something that works out from it to say this is how we should be uh, together in this way. But one that values differences without eliminating, but still says there's a way for bond and, and love that still holds on those differences and yet creates a deeper identity that's what Christianity in the gospel has done. It's broken down the wall of hostility but brought like the new creation kingdom, people from every language and tribe and nation uh, together uh, in Christ. And wouldn't it be awesome if as our culture looks around and says, we want to see more diversity, they say we want to see more diversity in our relationships the way you see it in the church. Why do you see Christians relating together? Because those people don't have everything in common, and they love one another deeply. And and by fair fairs, people would say one of the most segregated times in America racially is Sunday mornings, Sunday 11 a.m., Right? Now, there's a deeper truth that people uh, from every uh, race are gathered together before the throne of God when we're worshiping together. But can't it be that we could do that more like in each other's presence, too? And not say, because you're from one neighborhood and I'm from another, we, we don't have enough in common. Or because you need, need more help and I feel like things are kind of comfortable and I don't want that invading me, that I'm going to stay over here and I'm going to keep you over there. The gospel brings us into something more, something different. It lets us not just hear these things and say, "Yes, I agree with it and I value it." It lets us speak and act and live it out. So we're not like the kind of example that James gives of the person who says, "Oh, you're you're poor and, and you're needy. Hey, hey, good luck. Have have a good one. Hope things go well for you. Um, be warm. Be well fed." But not do anything to help. It's so much easier to do that. And when you want to help, sometimes you don't know how to help. So that we're not just hearing and speaking and making excuses, but putting it into practice, fail as we may, because so what if we lose? So what if we lose some of what we thought was ours or whatever? There's a freedom to actually engage that and push into it and say, yes. Because Christ gave up his life uh, for me to bring me into God's love. Yes, I can give up some of my time and some of my energy and maybe some of my money and some of us to to, care about you as we have these things out together. The underlying thing that that James brings out of it is faith and works, right? How do faith and works go together? And you, could, you can pull out the parallels in Paul and say, well, is he saying something different? Because we're a reformed ministry. Justification is by faith alone. And here in this passage, he says, it's because we're justified by works. And James is right because he's speaking in the power of the Holy Spirit um, from the Bible. that That's true. But here's what he's saying. He's saying we're justified by faith alone. He's saying we're justified by, by faith. And that faith is never alone. The faith that unites us to Christ is never just some like abstract thing that doesn't transform what matters to us and how we live. And if you say you believe but you don't see it in your actions, please come running back to Christ anew and pray for his spirit, which he gives freely and abundantly because his spirit changes even how we relate to one another, even what we do as we engage uh, with one another. Uh, but we 're given this this freedom that he calls us uh, into this uh, in these relationships that we can we can express this it 's not just left uh, said i uh, but not not done um, faith saving faith is never just alone in those ideas it's it 's worked out it 's lived out so the way James puts it is hey, you want to say sh- you 're going to show me your faith um, Show me your your faith by what you don't do. I'll show you my faith by what I do. It's it's evidenced as it gets worked out. It's never saying works save you, right? Works do not bring about a, a, a relationship with God. But when you have a relationship with God, that always leads to works. And when there's not works, there's not a relationship with God. All right, here's, the, here's the logic of it if you're trying to, trying to put it together um, here. If we're just saying it and we're not living it, he says it's dead, it's useless, it's worthless. What good is it? Um, like a corpse. Not a living spirit in it. If we say we believe these things, but we don't evaluate who we're friends with and, and how we make friends, and how we develop friends and who we're willing to give ourselves to and honor and let it be defined and reflected by what God has done for us. Instead, it provokes us to love one another well, to love one another better. Not so that we finally meet the standard, not so that we can finally feel good about ourselves, Do we have friends that are different than us, because you're free. Because you want to love as you've been loved. Who are you friends with? Who do you want to be friends with? What does the gospel say to you for how you get to live that out? Uh, For the glory of Christ, the good of your own, own soul, the good of our relationships with one another. The gospel leads us into it. Uh, the freedom even for friendships and relationships.